0: we're combining all the best old school wisdom with all the top new school methods to bring you the optimal way to coach and play the great game of baseball this is the 80 20 baseball masterclass with coach Bo. Welcome coaches. All right. Our weekly get together here at the 80-20 baseball podcast masterclass. Man, oh man, had a great experience on the webinar, our first ever webinar. We gave it a shot. It turned out pretty good. And I want to thank the coaches that showed up. It was a good time. It's always good talking baseball. And it's also good to have it on video to be able to show the nuts and the bolts. Visually, the podcast is great. A lot of good information coming from podcasts, but there is a limit and that you can't see exactly what's going on. But you can go over to the website, 8020baseball.com. I got videos over there, articles over there, and you can actually still get access to the webinar recording and the PDFs that come along with it, plus the drill videos that come along with that. You can go on the website, 8020baseball.com. It's right there on the homepage. You purchase it and then I'll send you everything you need for the webinar. I'll send you the webinar itself. I'll send you about a dozen PDFs and I will send you another eight videos showing drills. So it's not too late to order that or get that. So go to 8020baseball.com. Check that out. Awesome to be here. Always good to be here. And just feeling a little extra thankful to be here today because I found out that a coach of mine that coached me in the Alaska Baseball League, just a really tremendously nice caring coach, a coach that built rapport first before me being a pitcher or a player. I was a person to him. And he was older at the time. I'm guessing he was probably about 50 at the time when I played for him. And here, you know, I was 21 or so. It was really nice to have an older mentor. And he treated me like a coach would treat a player, but there was that friendly component to it. He never asked to start of the day. He never asked, how is my arm feeling? How my legs feeling? Can I pitch today? You know, how's the slider working? You know, how was the game yesterday? It was always, how you doing? Checking in with me as a person, asking me if I went out and got some steak dinner last night. And that coach, I found out, Coach Yogi Cox passed away yesterday and teared up when I saw it. And Coach Yogi lives over on the other side of the country from me. But Coach Yogi made a big impact on me as a coach because I found that it was almost the first time that I really, truly saw a coach that could be very friendly at first, but still be the coach, right? He was still the coach. He helped me. He guided me as a player. He made. In fact, I probably had my best stretch of pitching ever I had a phenomenal summer up there that was the summer of 2002 we actually made it to the World Series championship game we had a really good team many of those players on the team made it to the major leagues in fact one of them just pitched in the World Series a couple weeks back as a pitcher he helped me guide me and and I had a great season so Coach Yogi Cox you will surely be missed you were just a really big blessing to the baseball coaching community and the thing that stands out the most about you Coach Yogi was when you got out there to the field and it's just something we had all all need to. And the reason I'm bringing this up, this isn't about me. It's bigger. It's about using Coach Yogi as a driving force to guide us to be better. I truly believe when we lose somebody in our lives or in the world, I think the best thing you can do, I really truly believe this. I mean, obviously you want to, you're going to go through some grieving, especially his family, those that are really close to him. There's going to be some steps to get through, but I do think it's so important that we never forget these people and that we keep them in our thoughts and we show thankfulness for having them as a part of our life. But I also truly, believe it's very 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 important to me at least to use them and what they taught and what they added to the world and use it and continue it and manifest it. And for Yogi, every day I showed up to the ballpark, he had a smile on his face. He was always in a good mood. And I know there was days he wasn't feeling great and there was days maybe he had a long night but he showed up and he had a smile on his face and it was very enjoyable. He was fun to play for and you know what he never busted chops. He was not a dictator but you went out and you pitched your best for him because you wanted to win with him and not because he was going to yell at you or bark at you or get on you because you didn't execute a pitch. And I had easily my best stretch of baseball probably ever. And in fact, he was the pitching coach for a Glacier Pilots team. Now the Anchorage Glacier Pilots historically have had not just a hundred major leaguers come through there, but probably a thousand over the years every year half that team was probably going to be drafted and he was the pitching coach and that season we set a record for ERA team ERA we had the lowest ERA ever in the history of that club we had a heck of a run across a large pitching staff we did have some good pitchers of course but he got the best out of everybody and he smiled he made you feel loose out there you didn't feel that extra pressure the game was already going to pressure us coaches the game the fans just the situation is all Already going to pressure players enough and if it doesn't you might want to check them and take them in and get a psychological evaluation all right sports should raise the blood pressure it definitely will raise the heart rate being out there in the batter's box on the mound making a play that is intimidating for a lot of players that is a somewhat stressful it could be a, a positive stress a you stress but it is a stressful situation there already is some you know obviously inherent stress it's a game it's a competition the players are playing in front of their peers, a lot of them, and they're in the spotlight. And with anxiety at an all-time high in our world right now, now I know youth kids are less affected by that than the adults, but it's definitely been trickling down. And in some cases in the high school age, it's been flowing like a waterfall down into that age group. That is anxiety. We do not, as coaches, need to add more urgency during the game situation to our players. We don't need to add more stressors. We need to be supportive. We need to be firm. If they're not hustling I'm not saying you don't yank them out of the game if they don't hustle of course that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is we don't add we as the coaches need to be behind them not in front of them giving them resistance we should not be pushing against them we should be pushing with them and helping or pulling them rather than pushing against them out during a game situation now practice situation can be different a practice situation sometimes you need a little extra kick in the rear those being the players and the coaches sometimes need to add a little stress in practice but the game situation. The game situation already has a lot of stress in it. It already has enough stress in it that we do not need to add stress to get any more out of our players in terms of getting them jacked up for the game or amped up for the game. If they're not amped up, it's probably a sleep issue or a health issue. And that needs to be addressed first and foremost. Okay, but typically our players are going to come to the game. They're going to be rested. They're going to be feeling well for the most part. We don't need to add stressors to that. And Coach Yogi, Coach Yogi Cox, he man, he didn't add an ounce of stress out there and players dominated for him the pitchers dominated for him with him and for the team and he didn't add any stress at all his conversations when come out to the mound there was a smile it could be a situation where you got the bases loaded you've walked two guys and you gave up a home run to start the inning so you're already in the hole and he'd come out and he'd smile a little bit he'd joke a little bit okay it wasn't all fun and games it wasn't like that it wasn't a clown show at all but he came out he had fun he kept it in perspective and that's really one thing that he did keep in perspective. It was a game. We were to have fun and I think we all need to have a little yogi in us or a lot of yogi in us when we go out there and coach. All right, go out there. First thing you should do when you see your players is smile and keep in mind, keep in the front of your mind that you do not need to add stress during the game situation. In fact, you should be trying to level it off. Coaches, we should be trying to level off the stress in the game. We should be trying to lower and balance out the stress from the game, for our players. And this will help us too because when we do it and when we portray or when we come across as less stressed out, as more calm for our players, when we come across as and we are uplifting or lifting up our players, but actually lowering their stress levels by being a little more calming, smiling, laughing a little bit, not adding stressors, not adding artificial urgency and things like that. We are actually helping ourselves too as coaches calm and stay even keel. So to get our players to be more even keel, well, we know the game is going, we know what the game is going to do to 95% of players, 98% of youth players. We know what the game is going to do. In fact, I just got done reading Chipper Jones' book. I'm going to recommend this book in just a minute. And this was going to be the second part. I'm going to talk a little bit about this Chipper Jones' book. But Chipper Jones would talk about the anxiety and the heart rate and things like that. And he was a hall, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fame hitter. He was the first pick in the draft. He dominated in high school and youth ball. He dominated in the minor leagues. He's one of the best players. He's one of the best switch hitters of all time. He's one of the best all-around players in the history of baseball. And even he got stressed and and anxiety when the games came around. Even he got butterflies. Even he had his heart rate go up. Definitely, he felt it. Coaches, we do not need to add to the stressor. We need to taper it off, taper down the stress of the game, the anxiety of the game, by helping our players to be a little more even keel by balancing it out. We need to bring out that Yogi in all of us. We need to bring out that Coach Yogi in all of us. One thing that helped me and has helped me over the years as a coach is to keep it in perspective. Keep baseball in perspective. Keep what we're doing in perspective. Is it big? Is it helpful? Is it something that can really help mold and shape kids into better people? Absolutely. Is it fun? Or is the game and the, the competition, is that good for kids? Is that healthy? Yes. Is working as a team and being a teammate, is that important? Is that good? Absolutely. Absolutely. Those things are crucial for life. I love sports because it's so much more than what the scoreboard says. The scoreboard adds a little bit of that self-competition with ourselves to be better. The stats, they add a little of that competition with ourselves to push ourselves to be better, to get us up every day and moving us forward. But baseball is such a massively positive and productive vehicle to get us to be a better people. And that as coaches, we can use that. And I've talked about this many times, getting kids to be better people, but it's baseball. It's youth baseball. And most of you listening to this, I know we have listeners outside of the country, which is awesome. And I want a big shout out to those of you, because baseball is popular in a lot of places. So I see the statistics and I see where people are listening from. So we do have about 10% of our listeners are from outside of the US, which is phenomenal. But I'm speaking to all of you, definitely those of you that I know the life situation more closely and not be here in, in, in the United States, I can speak a little more for you. And I don't like to speak for situations and environments and people and places and things like that, that I'm not familiar with. I've been around different places. I've been to Canada, Mexico, I've been to Spain. I've been to some different places. I have been in New York City. All right. But I don't want to speak for those that I don't, those places. But I do say, I will say this. Baseball is still at the end of the day. We got to keep this in perspective. It's still a game that we're fortunate enough to go out and coach. And these kids are fortunate enough to go out and play. It's not war. It's not working in the mine shafts somewhere. It's not life and death. It's baseball. It's supposed to be a game. And the reason I prefaced it with what I said was because in some places it is a little bit more life sustaining in that I had friends in the Dominican. They said it was so important for them to make it and play baseball because that was their one of their only, if not their only opportunity to move their family out of poverty for more than a month or for more than definitely for more than one generation. So it was, it was a lot of life and death and also getting out and coming to the United States and giving an opportunity needed to live here. So it was a big deal. But for a lot of our 90% of the listeners that are coaching here in the the United States, in the States, it's not life and death by any means. It's baseball. It's a game. Don't go out there and make This is something that I can't believe the numbers are flip-flop. 90% of coaches, when I've coached youth baseball against them and with them, probably 90, at least 80%, 80 or 90%, I would guess, of the coaches take it way too serious. They lose perspective, clarity on the perspective of why we go out and coach. It's actually quite fascinating that the numbers are so far from where they probably should be. Really, it should be 100% of us go out there and keep it in perspective. We use it as a great vehicle, a great tool, a great environment to raise and mold and help young people be better. We use it as a fun place to go and escape and get away from the monotony and the daily grind of the salt mine and sitting there if we work remote or you're in front of a computer or whatever it is, or if you're out there working construction or you're running a company, it's just something to get you away from that. And that's nice. It's a healthy, productive thing to do. It beats the heck out of going and binging on Netflix. And I'm not saying I don't watch a few Netflix shows, but I'm saying it's a very healthy thing to do with our time to go out there and coach for these players to go out there and play baseball. But we got to keep it in perspective. And Coach Yogi always kept it in perspective. And Yogi, you will be missed. Your smile, I think all of us need to just keep that smile. If you're not smiling, Coach Yogi was always smiling. He probably averaged more smiles than anybody in the league per game. His smiles per game stat was through the roof. What's your smile? Smile per game stat. Brother in law has a stat. I love it. It's laughs per minute. When he watches a show, he gauges a comedy by laughs per minute. I like it because he talks about rates and it's, you know, everything should be based on rates, right? At least by and large, it should be. And when it comes to us as coaches and players, what's our laugh per practice? What's our smile per game stat? What is it? Let's see if we can increase that. Let's see if we can increase that. Let's see if we can lift that up. And you're going to make everything better. You think, oh, what's a smile and a laugh or keeping something a little light got to do with winning the game, winning the scoreboard. Come on now. If you don't understand where I'm coming at with this, and if you don't understand this yet, you need to step back and jump that mental hurdle right there. Because adding pressure to your players during the game situation, not keeping them loose is not going to be more productive. You're going to have worse results on the scoreboard. And there's so many coaches that will go their entire coaching career at the college and varsity high school and professional level that will never get this. And they'll go and they'll cite Bobby Knight or these coaches that never smiled and threw chairs and were always scowling and say, well, they won a national title in spite of they did it because they had a lot of really good coaching characteristics. They did instill discipline. They did have very good understanding of what moved the needle. Most of those coaches were defense first coaches. Like in those sports in basketball, those coaches were defense first. They knew that was key. They knew the full court press was massive. There were some big needle movers that they understood, but they could have probably, and not probably, I guarantee they would have won more games had they been able to infuse more of a smile, kept it a little lighter. You know, other words, how often were their players looking over their shoulder at them on the bench? How often do your players look over at the dugout? And I'm not saying looking over for sign. They're looking over for to gauge what you're thinking. They're looking over to see, are you mad? Are you upset? Are you looking? Did you see that? That's not what you want. You want players to play loose. You want players to play loose and free. If they're free and loose, they're going to play a lot better. Tense muscles, tight muscles, elevated heart rates. Those don't play very good baseball. Now I'm not saying that the heart rate's going to be normal out there. It's always probably going to be elevated a little bit and that's healthy that heart rate, that beats per minute, is that slamming around 140 or is it around 100? It's okay if it's a little elevated. It should be a little elevated, right? But it shouldn't be high anxiety and it definitely, the muscles shouldn't be tense and tight because of you as the coach. The situation does that to the player. That's okay. We don't want to artificially put pressure during games. We do want to put pressure on our players during practice, but also praising them so we can positively motivate them also. But we definitely want to make practices challenging, more challenging than the game as much as possible. But during the game, we need to be more Yogi. And Coach Yogi, you will surely be missed. And Coach Yogi had a little bet with a little offer, a reward out on the table for us as pitchers at pitching staff. He said, anybody strikes out four hitters in an inning. He said, if we any of us strike out four hitters in one inning, he's going to buy us a steak dinner. Well, Yogi, I never did get the steak dinner with you, but I'll see you again and we'll get it then. And uh, we'll talk baseball. And more importantly, we'll laugh and smile. Thanks for being a great person. Coach Yogi, thanks for being a great coach. Thanks for elevating the baseball community with your presence. So speaking of elevating the baseball community, I want to transition a little here. And the second part of this podcast is about Chipper Jones. And, you know, I never was much of a follower of Chipper Jones. You know, he was out in Atlanta and I grew up in Southern California. Obviously, everybody knew who Chipper Jones was and and is. Chipper Jones was not a player that flew under the radar even outside of the country. I'm sure he had fans in other countries. But Chipper Jones has a book called Ballplayer. And the title of the book is really accurate. Because he really was a ball player. He was a gamer. This is a book that I think is very interesting for coaches to read because you see a perspective from a Hall of Fame player. You see the perspective from an all-star player, an MVP of the major leagues, somebody who played at the height, one of the greatest baseball players to ever play. When you think about the millions of kids that are playing every year, you're talking about the thousands, you know, that of the best of all time. And he's in that category if not the hundreds and something I a couple things I pulled from that book and I do recommend you go listen to it or read it ball player Chipper Jones. one of the things that I really got from that was those pitchers and he talked in depth about kind of behind the scenes with Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and those guys and Avery and the pitching staff that really led that team the the Atlanta Braves won 14 division titles in a row they won the World Series they came close a couple more times they played in multiple World Series they were led by their pitching staff and There's no, I don't think anybody would argue that pitching and defense and their pitching staff. Interestingly enough, you saw all those pitchers out there pitching like Glavin was always scowling. Smoltz was always looking. Maddox is, you know, he looked like he was really serious, but he looked like kind of a librarian, kind of, you know, he looked like he had this boyish librarian look. So it was always hard to take him serious. But Chipper Jones says in the book that these guys, yeah, they were focused and they they really had great focus when they needed it. But they also kept things light. He talked about the pranks that these guys would do. He would talk. I mean, these are like full-on circus pranks, full-on like little kid pranks. And these were Cy Young Award winners. These were future Hall of Famers at the game. These were not kids. These were mid-20, you know, 30-year-olds. And some of the stuff he he says in the book, it's like, wait a second, they did that? They did that prank? They did that joke? They were doing that? Because as a fan on the outside, not being in the clubhouse with them, not being in the spring training clubhouse with them or the clubhouse at Fulton County Stadium or whatnot, it was something interesting to hear because- they looked so just uber focused when they're out there on the mound, but man, oh man, they were very light with how they handled other things. They kept things light, that balance. Like I talked about with coach Yogi, the game was already stressful enough. Their outings were so focused and intense at the major league level. It's okay to have that crazy intensity, college level, crazy intensity, you know, out there in the game because you're getting paid or you're, you know, there's the competition is so fierce that if you don't, if you lose your focus, you're you're not going to be out there pitching much anymore. You're gonna Going to be on the back of the rotation, the back of the bullpen, or not on the team. But these guys would be so focused out there, and then they would, on their off days, be borderline goofball, animal house stuff. And that's what he says in the book. And I thought that was interesting because that explains keeping things at even keel and balance. Another thing I liked about the book, and this is something that I think we can all learn from, and I didn't follow Chipper Jones very closely, is, you know, things I, did. I didn't read the newspapers in Atlanta, and I didn't, there wasn't a lot about him in the papers growing up out. In LA and Southern California, but he did have some off the field stuff and nothing like with the law, but more family stuff. There were some things, you know, and it wasn't it wasn't always a great he wasn't always making the best decisions, but none of us are. We're not always making great decisions. And he was younger. And it's just something I think is important as coaches, if players mess up to have a little forgiveness. You know, he went into the office, he said he went into Bobby Cox's office and he said, Hey, you're gonna open up the paper tomorrow, you're gonna see on the news tomorrow, you're gonna see some stuff, and you know, I know you're gonna be a little disappointed or whatnot. Or this that and the other but I just wanted to let you know and one thing that the coach I thought did really well Bobby Cox that is was he kind of forgave him and he kept it in perspective he knew he didn't expect Chipper or any of his players to be perfect angels and none of us are perfect in every way and we need to be careful with our players when they mess up or if they you know if they show up or late one time or if they say something they talk back one time we need to be careful that we don't overblow it we need to make sure that we keep things in perspective keep our calm Chipper did get better with some of those things. He admitted, he goes, I showed up late a couple times in the field. He goes, but then that was it. He showed up late a couple times in his 20s and he didn't get kicked off the team immediately. And that's when I got that team rules. I have this team rules policy and it's tiered. It's a tiered approach. Yeah, there's a line in the sand. Yes, there's discipline instilled. But at the same time, there is a little bit of bend, a little bit of bend because the bend is based off of human nature and the human nature of players is they're not going to be perfect. Chipper Jones wasn't perfect, but Chipper Jones is a Hall of Fame player he never crossed the line so far where it was domestic violence or driving drunk and killing people he never crossed the line where he became a criminal outside it was stuff that he did was showed up late he had some issues with his family his marriages things like that but we need to make sure that we have a little bit of forgiveness but also that line in the sand we need to have some forgiveness to our players we can't expect them to be perfect I'm a huge fan of tiered tiered consequences tiered discipline what does that look like I'm a big fan of a warning. I'm a big fan of the first consequence, or I should say a big fan of the second infraction or the second time something happens, that it'd be a more mild form of a consequence, but a consequence. And then it tears from there. The consequence gets a little bigger from there. You don't just kick a player off the team first or second time or the third time. You give them some leeway, but it gets a little more progressive with the consequence each time. I'm a big fan of that tiered consequence system. And so I thought that was interesting with Chipper. You know, I always thought on the outside, I thought, man, this guy's a heck of a player. He seems like a great guy. I know there was some, you know, some stuff a little bit. I had, I knew growing up, I'm not really growing up, but when I was in my late teens and twenties, I remember hearing and reading some stuff, but I thought, man, this guy, but you know, there was even more to it than that. And what I liked about the book was he's just very upfront, very honest. I really liked the book. I think it was a great book. I thought it was, even if you don't want to get anything out of it as a baseball coach, it's definitely a good read. And if you're a Braves fan or you are a fan of baseball, Major League Baseball, you follow Chipper Jones, it's a... must read. You got to read it. I think it's just a good idea of what goes on in the mindset of a player, even the elite players. So when you get out there and you expect your players in the batter's box to be perfectly even keel and to be totally focused and to figure out their swing all the time and not have any slumps, go read this book. He talks about all of that stuff. He talks about losing focus in the batter's box. He talks about his slumps. He talks about the mistakes he made. And this is a Hall of Fame baseball player, one of the best of all time. So I highly recommend ball player. And speaking of books, I got a recommendation by one of the original listeners of my show, Dr. Cosimo. Cosimo recommended, and this is a big shout out to you, Cosimo. Talent is overrated. So I got that book. I finished The Ball Player by Chipper Jones. Now my book, ready, loaded, ready to go. Talent is overrated. So I'm excited to dig into that. The title, Talent is Overrated, What Really Separates World-Class Performers from Everybody Else by Jeff Colvin. So I'm looking at getting into that, Jeff with a G. Jonas, uh, Geoff, Colvin. So when I'm done with that, I'll share out my thoughts with all of you. A big thank you, a big shout out to those of you, those coaches that attended the fall coaching webinar. I thought for the first webinar ever that we've done, the first webinar coaching webinar, I thought it went really well. And there will be two more webinars coming up: a pitching specific coaching webinar, pitching specific webinar, because this one is one of the hardest aspects, one of the most difficult, if not the most difficult aspect of the game to coach. So. That That pitching webinar will be available to sign up in December and it'll be rolled out. We will be hosting that in January. And then the spring coaching clinic, which will be the third part of the trilogy, the coaching webinar trilogy, that will be coming out beginning of February. So excited about rolling those two out. It's going to be different stuff covered in all three. If you didn't make the webinar, the fall coaching webinar last week, you can still sign up. You can still order it and I will send you all of the stuff that you need for that. The recording, I'll send you all the videos. I'll send you the PDFs. So you can go on 8020baseball.com and sign up for that. And until next week, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Have a great time over Thanksgiving. Take care of yourselves. Eat good, but get a walk in, get some walking in and eat real good and be thankful for your family. Take care of your family and those around you because life is all but a blink. even if we're fortunate to live long and learn from Yogi, learn from Coach Yogi. Uh, go out there, smile, keep life in perspective. you be thankful be for those things you have. Be thankful for those amazing moments out on a baseball field, just the bliss of being out there on a baseball field. Smile. What's your smile per practice rate? What's your smile per game rate? Let's keep those rates up and keep the negativity down. Have a happy Thanksgiving. Have a great Thanksgiving. I'll see you back next Tuesday on our weekly get-together coming out every Tuesday, the 80-20 Baseball Masterclass here. Coach Bo, take care, everybody. And until then, adios. This has been the 80-20 Baseball Masterclass. Take it to the field.